This is Daisen QEX, the podcast, episode 117, for the week of February 24th, 2008. Welcome to Daisen QEX, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daisen QEX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Hey, everybody. Hope you're all inside on this cold Friday. I mean, you know, if you happen to be in the Northeast on a Friday. I was really warm. I had to take my uh, slippers off. Oh, I'm here sipping my cocoa. No, I wish I, I wish I was. Yeah, we had a snowstorm today, but um, it was pretty minor. It was pretty lame because uh, people are really wimps out here. And um, I had no work today. It was great. But um, by the time you're listening to this, you know, I'm sure the weather will be fine. And, you know, not everyone lives here, so whatevers. Anyway, let's get the introductions underway for this here podcast about Dragon Ball. I am Mary, the co-host of the show. And to my actual left is Mr. Mike. Hello. What is up with you, man? Uh, lots of stuff going on. Let's talk to Julian, though. Okay, Julian, how are you Yo, over there in Japan? I have a throat infection. I'm sorry to hear this. <laughs> yes, so I'm taking medicine and not having a very loud speaking voice, but other than that, I'm doing okay. You know what? This pretty darn well explains why I'm, <laughs> you know, helming this here episode between the problems that the gentlemen have this week. I don't have problems. You have several problems. Aww. You know, you're allowed to ask me now, Mary, how you're doing, because the wing cleaning right. is going Mary, fine. Mary, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Aww. except with the way you are right now, I probably can't ask you how you're doing. I'm, I've been better. Today's a better day than it has been for some strange reason, except my jaw, I keep holding my jaw in weird positions. So, um, exactly one week ago, as we were recording the last episode of the podcast, I started feeling this weird thing in the back of my mouth and thought I was just getting a really bad canker sore. And then the day went by and I thought it was still just a bad canker sore. And then I couldn't take the pain anymore and actually went to my dentist. And I have to have my wisdom teeth out because I've gone this long and I still have them and they Ooh, need fun. to come out. I had that done last summer. It was um, quite the experience. Ah, oh, fantastic. How That's was your recovery? I looked like a balloon for about <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> oh, no. I seem to remember you talking about that, actually. Yes, it didn't impede my voice very much after the first few days, but if you looked at me, you could tell something was up. Yeah. Can you offer any um, menu recommendations for um, you know, eating habits for the couple of days after the surgery? Cold liquids. Slowly graduating to soft things. Well, I've been eating soft things consistently because the way that it is, my upper gum kind of chomps on where that spot is on my left side. So uh, I'm consistently only chewing with my right side and pretty much swallowing food whole. So it's been pretty interesting. And mm. it's kind of painful to talk for a long period of time. So, uh, yeah, save your energy, Mike. Yeah. Right. Talk for the important stuff. Okay. When you get out of surgery at first, you think, oh, that wasn't so bad. I mean, you were out for most of it. Well, yeah, I'll be high heavy. when I get out of it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so Mary will drive you home and you'll feel okay until you wake up the next morning and you'll be like, someone kill me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? I, the thing is, I can deal with that because I've been in such pain for a week. I've been looking forward to having it done and knowing there's a set amount of time remaining. I'm thrilled you're getting it done so quickly. Yeah. Well, it took a lot of phone calls. But you know what? This is not the surgery podcast. <laughs> 
So let's talk about some Dragon Ball stuff. Um, Mary, you tell me, what are we doing this episode? Well, we're doing something quite interesting and unique, and I'll be damned if anyone out there as a majority knows that this thing even existed. Because <laughs> frankly, a lot of people on our forum probably know what I it think is about, now. you know, most of the people on this here show have not really known the, the true meaning of this thing's existence. We kind of were somewhat aware that it was there, Always but we don't really it. know what it was. Saw some pages, Ooh. saw some descriptions, we're like, ah, oh, we'll get to that later. But it's so vague sounding. Uh, hopefully I'm making it sound exciting because I think this is truly, truly cool. And, you know, for a show that's been out for so long, you think that, you know, you've seen everything there is to be seen, but no, there's still some surprises out there. And hopefully this will be quite interesting to talk about. Um, well, we pretty much talked about what bad shape everyone's in. Does anyone else have more uplifting stuff that they want to get off their chests? No. Not that I can think of. We're in bad moods. I don't wanna. Okay, well, um, let's not have this black cloud hanging <laughs> over the show. Let's move on to the news. Ah, what the hell? I'll take the first thing. This is really simple. It's like two sentences and then I can get back to holding my mouth. The Bardock slash Trunks double feature that just came out on DVD will be coming out on Blu-ray. And this is coming out of the Funimation panel at KatsuCon, which took place as you're listening the weekend prior to the weekend that this comes out and stuff like that. So that's that news. Um, Julian, why don't you do the next one? Okay. So, this kind of comes from the Department of Obviousness, but, <laughs> or should I say the Department of Obviousness Bureau, um, but that's redundancy. Never mind. In Japan, Dragon Ball remains one of Bandai's most profitable franchises. As you may recall, Bandai puts out the video games and the action figures and a lot of other licensed merchandise. And it's, in fact, on their profitability scale, it's right below Gundam and Power Rangers. They're forecasting that Dragon Ball will bring in about 17.8 billion yen, or roughly $167 million, for the 2008 fiscal year. I must have misread this headline when I first saw it. Okay. Because I thought they were talking about America, so it was like, well, yeah, duh, of course, Dragon Ball still makes lots <laughs> yeah, of money. Yeah, but Gundam's I, not number one in America. Oh, I know, that's why, <laughs> you know, I was kind of glancing over it when I first read it, and I'm like, Gundam and Power Rangers, what the hell? Okay, whatever. It didn't even occur to me that this might be for Japan, which yeah. now it makes more sense. All right, then. It's extremely impressive. Nice. Mary, why don't you do the next bit of news here, then? All righty, this is super neat if this is, you know, your thing. Uh, it turns out that a Majin race is going to be available in the Dragon Ball online game. And from the pictures that have gone up so far, I have to say, very nice. You, you saw the little girl one. You're I was like, like oh, she's cute. Really cute. I want her. <laughs> because there's such a, I don't want to say shape changing, but I guess that is kind of accurate. You can do a lot of cool stuff Yeah, with exactly. It. Yeah. Neat. Like bubblegum. Like bubblegum. <laughs> Let's keep it going with some video game news. Uh, we're going to catch up on Burst Limit stuff. That's a new game coming out for the 360 and the PS3. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on, but we'll just kind of skim through some of the more important things. Mary, do you run a site called Meristation.com? No, I don't, but I wish I did. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I believe it's a, a French site. There's a lot of uh, French. Actually, I'm not even sure about that. Let's go to it and make sure I'm talking about the right thing. No, it's a Spanish site. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of French stuff that's out there, too. But anyways, so between that and Famitsu, we're getting a lot of info about the game. Um, this has kind of like been spreading around as a list everywhere. You've probably seen some of this. Uh, looks like the game is going to have a lot more background music from the series, kind of like the Sparking series. They're going to 
They're calling them remastered versions. You could say the same thing for the Sparking series. So that's pretty neat. The uh, cutscenes, which they call drama pieces, are integrated into the gameplay, whatever that means. Uh, the game runs at 720p. That is the like the lower tier of the high-definition video formats. The PS3 is the primary SKU for the game. SKU or SKU, however you want to pronounce it. What this really means is that it's being developed primarily for the PlayStation 3. What? And then ported to the 360. Now, from what I understand, from what I hear, a lot of listening in on a lot of stuff regarding video games and the way things are going, the best way to do games these days, it sounds like, is to primarily develop for the PS3 and then port to the 360. The way the architecture of the systems works and all that kind of stuff. So that is boding well for the game. That's pretty interesting. Uh, they're saying the movement is going to be more like the Shin Budokai series, which is much more of a full 3D uh, type of movement. And there's a lot of other stuff going around. Famitsu is saying that the game comes out June 5th, so that is uh, pretty near in the future. GameStop and EB are listing an American release date of July 15th, so it's not too it's far off. along. Yippers. So uh, that's about it for that. Julian, why don't you take the next bit here, which is some music stuff. Yes. <clears throat> Columbia Records Japan has released the track listing for the upcoming 13-disc Shu Dragon Ball Z CD set. Pretty much everything is on here from the Hit Song Collection CDs, the 2006 One Half Special Remix, the Karaoke, the Live Songs, the English Songs, and uh, the Live Songs appear to be from uh, Hironobu Kageyama's Power Live 95 CD. Uh, nothing is really new past the final bout era, no Budokai theme songs or anything, but it's pretty complete for everything actually during the era in which the show was actually coming out. Yeah, I was uh, a little disappointed to see that um, Kusaburu and uh, Orewa Tokuton aren't on there, because like the the title says Chozenshu. It's super and awesome and a complete collection, but it doesn't actually have everything. False yeah, advertising. The songs are still coming out, and he may be very well making Dragon Ball Z songs until he dies. <laughs> well, that's true. So. so there can never be a complete collection until Hironobu Kageyama finally bites the dust. <laughs> Kicks the bucket with other stuff. Kicks the dust. Uh, did Julian say dust or bucket? I don't know. Whatever. Why's the farm? <laughs> Thoughts, uh, Mary? What do you think about this? If we didn't already own huge chunks of the music here and there and everywhere, I would say, yeah, let's buy this thing. But I think for someone that has absolutely, you know, no purchases of the music whatsoever and has, you know, a lot of money to spare, this seems like a super awesome thing to own. Uh, Mary? What? <laughs> I already pre-ordered it. <laughs> I am speechless. I have no words. Like weeks ago. I my faith in like humanity is like crushed. And then like two weeks later comes uh the Super Survivor and Kiseki no Hono uh little mini album C D single. Mike. Yes. Have I ever told you you're a fanboy? Yes, you have many okay. times. I mean we're doing this show, so you know, right. we all are. <laughs> We're all good. Uh, so there you go. A lot of cool stuff on there. A lot of hard-to-find stuff. Those live songs from uh, Hironobu Kakeyama's Power Live 95 CD, which actually had a lot of other uh, anime songs and other stuff he's done on there. It seems to be the Dragon Ball songs from that CD in the order that they were on that CD. Like, it'll be a couple Dragon Ball songs, and then where there were some other songs, they skip those and just cut to the next Dragon Ball song. Um, neat stuff. I'm looking forward to it and seeing how it all plays out. And Kind of dumb that that 2006 
one half special remix CDs on there in its entirety. So that CD is kind of worthless if you pick up this collection. Oh, well. So we got one last thing here. Mary, I just mentioned this to you. Um, I don't know if you know a whole lot about it, but why don't you tell I me? I really don't know who this person is. I don't either. I think he's one of their newer people. Okay. Well, I, I don't follow dubs, but apparently this fellow Trevor Duvall has a podcast called Voice Print, and you can find it at trevordeval.com. I think it's Duvall. Duvall. T-R-E-V-O-R-D-E-V-A-L-L.com. And uh, he has a lot of uh, past interviews with the old Ocean Group DBZ dub voice actors, including Scott McNeil, who was Piccolo, and Brian Drummond, who did Vegeta. Upcoming, he's going to be interviewing Mike's favorite, uh-huh. Ian Corlett, who played Goku back in the day. It actually just came out two days ago, so it is out. Oh, this episode. Yeah, sweet. Well, yeah, obviously we haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. And um, the RSS link didn't work last time Mike tried to, and it still doesn't work. So <laughs> it says subscribe to this podcast. And There'll be no like, subscribing. The RSS doesn't actually work. And I can't. You'll just have to directly download it or listen to it on the site. But whatever. So that's pretty cool. Um, I listened to his Brian Drummond one, and it was pretty interesting. You know, obviously Drummond's done a lot of other stuff. Most recently, Ryuk and uh, Death Note. So they talked a lot about that. But um, from what I understand. Understand. They talk a little bit about Goku and Ian Corlett and, you know, how he played him and what he wanted to do with the role, what he didn't get to do and why he left and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we, we talk about this. Obviously, we're not big fans of the dub, but we do have a place in our heart for uh, the old original Ocean Voices and how it was done back then. I will go on record and say that Ian Corlett is the English voice of Goku for me. said it time and time again, and I'll take that to the grave. I loved him, and I wish he kind of stuck around. So there you go with that. That is actually the news for the week. Anyone got anything else? What you got? Only fake news. Fake news? You want to do some fake news? That's a couple months off. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's I'll keep my ideas in check. Okay. Well, I guess that's it. So uh, let's go on to the topic. Julian, take it away. We got some, uh, as they would say, side stories to talk about. Yes. It appears that there are a number of DBZ side stories, and that these are basically little extra stories that appeared in a few of the anime special comics. One of these deals with the story of Piccolo in between the end of Dragon Ball and the beginning of Dragon Ball Z. Another one covers Vegeta's early life, and another one is, of course, Trunks. And we really haven't been aware of these until recently. I mean, I guess they were covered by a couple of pages in Daisenshu 5. I don't have Daisenshu 5, so... You know, I always looked at it, and I'm like, I should really scan that page and send it to Julian, and eventually we'll take care of all this. But years and years pass, and we never get around to it, and finally other people pick up the slack. So uh, good on them. Over on our forum, our uh, member Andrew, who is not our Andrew, but is a different Andrew. Uh, an actual Dragon Ball fan. An actual Dragon Andrew. Ball fan. Picked up that special comic that one of these came in and was like, hey, let's get translating. Let's share. So that is pretty awesome. So uh, between him and Herms and Desiree Campbell, they've gone through. They did a fantastic job um, translating the pages. And even the Daisenshu pages get a little uh, extra back history on these. So as a kind of like a thanks to them and all the stuff they've been doing, and there are some other people on the thread too that were very helpful. So, you know, if I skipped any names, I apologize. So it's a little tribute to them and the hard work they've done. You know, spread the word of some really awesome stuff that's out there. We're going to talk about this Piccolo one that they did and how neat it is. And you can go see it. You can go read it like right now and check it out. So Julian, you tell me thoughts. Yes. 
Well, I think it's really fascinating, the one that I've seen, which is, of course, the one that they've actually scanned. Now, this is basically Piccolo's five years, well, really before that to after, detailing his life as the child of Piccolo Daimao, and it's from his point of view. So he tells about himself and how he felt and what's going through his head, which I find really intriguing. Oh my god, yeah. And also it's uh, written by Takao Koyama, the scriptwriter for DBZ, most of DBZ, and also Minoru Maeda, who is the animation director for at least the first half of the series. So you've got some really veteran people working on this comic, pretty much know the characters inside and out, how to draw them, how to... Right. Evoke them. And that's perfectly. really neat. I like that we have, you know, actual people on the staff doing something new with it. Right. Because if they weren't, I mean, this thing, I mean, I thought it's, it was really well written. I like that it's from Piccolo's perspective, but because it's from his perspective, it reads like a fanfic. Before you so go I, any further, I just want to interrupt you. I remember when I first pulled it up and said, hey, we're going to talk about this. You're like, oh, I've seen the cover of that doujinshi before. Wait, wait, I, it, not the doujinshi. So, like, it's not a real doujinshi because it's not really fan, right. unofficially fan made. Mm-hmm. It's like an officially sanctioned fan made doujinshi kind of thing. Right, and I feel like it almost borders on being fan fiction because of the way it's written. But it's it's good. It I really like so it. So true. And it's like, oh man. I mean, it feels like Piccolo, but it feels like really deep. And I love getting inside of his head. And it, a lot of it's over dramatic, but kind of in a fun way. Yeah. Because you can totally imagine Piccolo saying every bit of this dialogue. Mm-hmm. It makes me really appreciate the character a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, it is made by, you know, official people. I guess you can say I put more stock into it. So I'm more apt to, I guess, accept it as almost canon. Oh, here we go. Sorry. Canon versus filler. It's like the big topic. I know. I just said that to <laughs> piss you off. No, no. I'm, hey, I am totally cool with it. I can talk about canon versus filler and not like burst a blood vessel or something. <laughs> I love the artwork, too. It kind of reminded well, yeah, me definitely tell, of tell the... Tell me all about the artwork, then. It, it took me maybe two panels to get over the fact that, okay, this is not doujinshi, this is actual you know, people from the show working on this, and um, I guess I should see um, when this was put out, because the art style definitely reminded me of early DBZ. I, I just can't stop gushing over the artwork, because <laughs> it, it has this nice textured feel to it. It seems like watercolors, and yeah. it seems so vibrant, even though it's just the grayscale and the the red tones mm-hmm. and you know despite that i could totally you know picture it almost with both the anime and the manga because it kind of takes scenes from both it is a really good combination of the two styles this guy who drew it was he an animator or what was his role again the illustrations were done by um they have him listed over on desiree campbell's site uh, chief animator animation director and character designer okay because so i was going to say for an animator you can definitely you know see that he knows how to draw the characters but i'm surprised that he's able to draw like a comic you know being an animator but if he does the character designs as well um i guess that helps yeah i want to take it back over to just the way it's inside piccolo's head i mean we're obviously going off of someone else's translation uh, so it's not quite the original and it's not not that julian is like the ultimate translator but i always like reading julian's it feels kind of like yeah. a mix between the way julian would translate and maybe a little of the old trish ledoux style of translating of piccolo i kind of got that feeling you know i couldn't put my finger on it but i was thinking you know this this piccolo voice seems very over the top dramatic and i'm curious to see how you know other people would take a crack at translating it not that i didn't you know like it or anything i thought it was really cool but you know what early well i shouldn't say early 23rd budokai era and maybe into the saiyajin arc a little bit i i feel like the way he spoke was much more like that and he kind of got 
as he became more friendly with everyone, his tone and his demeanor got a little more informal along the way. So this is still the, the time period where he would be very, very haughty about himself you know, and that really comes through in the dialogue. So on the the last page here, it's in the second paragraph in, you're full of it. Are you trying to show me sympathy? You're completely full of it. Are you saying it's no problem even if I'm resurrected the second time? What the hell are you thinking, Son Goku? Fool is the only word for you. Like, I can so see that era Piccolo talking like that and just being so frustrated and so confused and so irritated, but still trying to be like, so arrogant about it at the same time. So I think it fits with him really Really well. We should say that this starts with the hatching of the egg and ends pretty much with him training Gohan for the arrival of uh, Nappa and Vegeta. Something I totally forgot to mention and I thought it was really important is that I love how they offer some insight as to like the growth of Piccolo. How we, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's up. like commissially I wonder if that's like officially sanctioned information how like because I'm of the demon clan it Took me just a year to grow to almost full size oh, adult. Oh, why not? I well, thought that was really a neat tidbit. I'm a sucker for stuff like that. We saw a little bit with Dende. He didn't quite grow this much in a year, but he shot up kind of quickly, but then kind of slowed down. And Julian, was it in the manga or the TV version that he like shrunk again for a little bit? I can't remember. Um, I think it was probably the TV version. I can't remember that <laughs> in the. But I like oh, it. No. And there's a note over in the Daisenshu page from, you said it was Daisenshu 5, where they're talking about this. And it's just that, that we were talking about it last week with one of our emails where it's so vague. Like, are they really telling us anything? They're saying something like, was this the inspiration for, in, in the TV version, we see a little bit more of this Piccolo stuff, him as a kid. Like, is this the inspiration for that? So, <laughs> you know, always very vague. Any other thoughts on this? It's a really neat thing. Um, any more comments on Piccolo and his little story? I am now a greater fan of him than I was before because of this. Just in the span yes. of like two hours? Just in the span of two hours. <laughs> or maybe it just reminded me how awesome Piccolo is. Because you watched the 23rd Padokai with me. Right. I think you had not seen it before when we got the DVDs. Um, you were telling me a couple episodes fan oh, like right. seven fans years ago, but right. we only got a couple episodes into it. Oh, okay. I mean, I had had him for years. I was like, this is my favorite favorite part of the original series and you'll hear my excitement as we continue with the manga review of awesomeness going forward so a little more piccolo in this era was totally up my alley that was great to read so there are two other stories there's a vegeta one and the trunks one mary we're reading about this trunks one going wait a minute we have this that we do and it's totally (laughs) not what we thought it was right uh there's a version of it over in the as we would say the animanga the film anime comics version of the Bardock TV special. It's in the back. And the pages are falling out. You, you scanned some of the pictures a long time ago. It's pretty much just um, really nice-looking pictures, black and white, kind of like no shading, like the actual manga, Toriyama style, and just text describing the story and all that. So it's some neat stuff in there. Maybe we can do something with that in the future. So that is pretty neat. So hopefully someone can pick up the Vegeta one, and then we can kind of make like the trilogy of all the side stories. That would be pretty sweet. So big thanks to everyone who contributed uh, over in our forum, putting this all together. I think that just goes to show you right there, you know, this is why Dragon Ball fandom can live on. Uh, people, you know, work together towards a common goal and just share their love like this. It's total shonen, every meaning of the word, except I think most of the people are adults, but, you know, whatever. So go shonen fighting spirit awesomeness for great justice. Any closing thoughts on the topic? Anyone? Julian, you got anything? Cool. All right, with that, Julian, it's your turn, dude. DBZ ABCs, let's do it. 
So, next up is Ooh and Ooh. Has a lot of things that start with Ooh. Did we use Udon in the past? I uh, don't remember. Okay, well, at the risk of using it a second time, I'm going to say Udon. All right, let's do it. So, Oolong is actually a Chinese word to start off with. It's Wulong. It has the characters for crow and dragon. When taken together, they mean black dragon or a specific kind of tea that has been allowed to partially oxidize, leaving a sort of amber type color. It has a sort of a slightly smoky flavor compared to regular teas. And um, it's good stuff. But when it's brought over into Japanese, they keep something resembling the original Chinese pronunciation as Udon. Sometimes they use the kanji, sometimes they use kana. They're weird about Chinese food like that. Do you like oolong tea? Uh, it's not bad. I don't drink as much as green tea, though. Uh, I'm a green tea dude myself. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, there's a character in Dragon Ball who's named after this. In fact, Toriyama uses a lot of food names. Would you believe that? I wouldn't believe it for a second. Blasphemy, lies, and slander. But anyway, this would be Oolong, the perverted, shape-shifting pig, whose transformations can only hold for about five minutes, and after the first few arcs, he's basically just comedy relief. Hey, he's actually based on someone, though, isn't he? Yes, he happens to be based on the one and the only Ju Wunong, or Cho Hakkai, I think it is. Yeah, that sounds right. From Journey to the West, the pig demon thing with a gluttonous appetite and other issues. Nice. So uh, that seems to be Oolong in a nutshell. There you go. So, Julian, that was Oo. So we did Ah, E, Oo. So next week is E. Yes. Nice. Alrighty, so that's DBZ ABCs in Japanese this time through. Mary, you tell me, what are we doing next? It's time for some email. Mary, my teeth are killing me. Read our first email. I would love to. All right. Our first email comes from Jaku. Maybe that's Jack. Oh, wait, no, he says his name at the end. I'll say it then. <laughs> Jaku writes, Hi, I've been listening to your podcast since the episodes in the 80s. This is my first email. I visited your site many times, and I will join the forum soon. My question is, at the end of every episode, Julian says something in Japanese. Sometimes Mike says it. I was just wondering what you guys are saying. I also wanted to say that because of your podcast, I started playing my DBZ Super Sonic Warriors 2 game on my DS again, and I have a two-DVD set of the first 17 episodes of Dragon Ball that I watched again. Just thought I'd share. Thanks. The show is great. Take care. That's from Jason Jaku, Brooklyn. I mean, he's from Brooklyn, rather. I don't know. That's what it, that's what it said. Jason Jaku, Brooklyn. So I don't know if his name, his last name is Brooklyn, and he happens to live in Brooklyn as well, or what? But yeah. Julian, what do you say? I say, Daisenshu EX the podcast. Thanks for listening to us this week. See you next time. Sometimes I say it in English. <laughs> yeah, you switch it up every so often, maybe put some different levels of formality in there and extend it out a little bit. So, But that's the gist of it, right? Yes. Mary, keep reading. We got another email. You're going to be my Jeff this episode. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not as sexy as he is. Oh, I oh, beg oh. to differ. I can try. Anyway, this one is from Moonstone, and he or she writes... I was wondering about the ending of Movie 13. Trunks cuts off Hildegard's tail and attempts to deal the finishing blow. Then Goku exclaims, Trunks, stay out of this. I'm going to defeat him. Soon after, Goku delivers the movie title line, If I won't do it, who will? Um, couldn't Trunks have finished off Hildegard right there? Was this just a cop-out to have Goku be the victor at the end of the movie, just like all the rest? Or is there some point that I'm missing that Trunks physically could not have killed Hildegard? Thanks in advance and keep up the great work. Julian, you still haven't seen Movie 13. 
17, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, so I yes, have. Mary, it's up to you and me. Total Mary, cop out. Total cop <laughs> um, To go with your other reasoning, if it took Super Saiyan 3 Goku to beat Hildegarn, then maybe just little chunks there couldn't couldn't do it he just has a little sword and slice and i don't think he was going to be able to do it but i will also go with the cop out because that allowed them to create a new move and make uh what i even admit is the worst of the 13 dbz movie covers um and stuff like that but mary you're totally going with the cop out i like that cover well just the fist? I think it's stylistic compared to the other ones because there's not a single other cover that looks like that. I think oh, that's true. stuff like movie four are pretty generic looking. No, just Goku in the center and all the characters kind of surrounding him and yeah, collage. It's like raw. Movie 12 is almost the exact same cover now that I think about it. Movie 12 is badass because it has that scale between Goku and Jita in the middle of the, like this plethora of like colors and junk behind them. And there's so. just tons of characters everywhere. Yeah. So. But we're not here to talk about the Movie 12 cover. We're here to talk about the cop-out moments of every single DBZ movie where Goku wins That's a topic in and of itself. I know. Uh, so that's it. Mary, tell me info. Right. If you would like to send an email or an audio email to this podcast, you can send them on over to podcast at diezex.com. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Okay, now that we got the emails out of the way, um, let us close out this episode. So, as you might be able to tell, it being the end of February, um, the next manga review of awesomeness is coming. Woo! And you know what? I am in love with where we are hey. so much with the story that I went ahead and read it the other day. So I like nice. totally did my homework. And as soon as I was done reading it, I was like, crap! I want to read the next one, like, now. Which I could. I mean, nothing's stopping me, but, you know, I kind of like the build-up. So that is what you have to look forward to. We've got some interviews lined up in the coming weeks, although we might have to push them off due to poor Mikey's surgery. I know. I was actually thinking about doing one of them at some point in the middle of next week, but I don't think that's going to work. So, nah. oh, well. Actually, um, since you are getting it done early next week, hopefully you'll be in regular shape yeah. by the next time to record. I'm so. hoping for next week's episode. I mean, I'll be total back to normal and yeah, so reading you know, my notes and doing my talking. And all so that I'm wrong stuff. about the interview thing. I guess they'll Well, no, continue. because the interviews, I'm going to have to schedule them as like um, separate recording times from the rest of the episode. So I would, ha- you know, I have to go with their schedules and stuff. So I-, I was thinking about doing it like in the middle of a week, like some night. And I won't be able to do it at any point during this next week because I'll be all bloated and stitched up and weird stuff like that. But whatever. Look forward to it. And I'll say that there's a two-part to interview cool thing coming up in the future so look forward to that all right what else we got we got um just reminders about the forum and the chat we have a forum thread for every single episode that we put up on this podcast so feel free to just give us your input on this topic and others and um i think that's pretty much it for now i mean you know, we'll have the occasional contest every so often. And you know. oh, speaking of which, I had such a shitty week. I never got around to setting out the last contest prize. I feel really bad, and I'm gonna try and go do it tomorrow. So hopefully, last contest winner. By the time you hear this, it will actually be in the mail. So I apologize for it taking so long. But my mouth hurts, and I don't want to go anywhere. I'll go outside and grab you a pile of wet snow. You can throw it on your face. Uh, excuse me, who cleaned off the cars this morning? Yeah, hey, I cleaned off my own car when I. Went when, you know, out and about. Yeah, after I did the first round of cleanups. Yeah. Yeah, this is what the man does. Cleans the snow off the car while the woman cleans the house. It's a team effort. Yeah, it is. I admit this. Nice. So that is our show for this week. 
Kind of short, but, you know, two of us seem to be in extreme pain. But even with that, we delivered the goods. Actually, other people delivered the goods <laughs> to us, and we just kind of stole their thunder and talked about it. But <laughs> 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 well, whatever. <laughs> it seems like a last-minute cop-out, but as soon as they said they were going to be doing it, I was like, oh, we got to do a podcast about that. And just happened to line up with this week. So um, my mouth hurts. My throat hurts. Julian, sounds like your throat hurts. Yeah. Mary, you're doing completely fine other than, like, I've got this stench of smoke stuck in my nose because some bastard a couple doors down was like grilling and for some reason it was carrying on the air. And in our four years almost of living here, I've never ever had the experience of someone else's sense making their way into our apartment. I know. Regardless, I have this smoke in my nose and it's giving me a headache, so I'm Aww. not doing so great now either. All right. Well, that's that. So that's, miserable. that's the end of the episode. We're all pissy. So, that's, our, that's our Friday night. We're all in bad moods and we're going to storm off and stamp our feet and take some medicines. Actually, it's your morning, Julian, yes. so you can go on with your day. Yep. You doing anything cool this weekend? Um, Might be getting a new belt. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. My current one is getting too long, so I need a shorter one. Well, that's a good thing. Yes. Fantastic. I was really pissed because even though my mouth is hurt, I've been running every single day after work because I get home and I'm like, I gotta get some fresh air. And then it snowed today and I'm like, I can't go anywhere. It's all icy. Oh, and then I didn't want to play DDR and then I'd stay at work late and then we had to record a podcast. I had to talk to you dumb fuckers. Whatever. Oh, no, I love, I love, I totally love, except now I have to edit you all. So uh, that's it. That's the end of the episode. Mary, you got any? Why don't you get rid of us for a change? All right. I would love to get rid well, of you, actually, you men. All right. So you get rid of Daisenshui X first and then okay. you can talk about Okay. Yeah, then I can be all like <laughs> pimpified. So let's get rid of these crazy guys from the Dyson QEX website, which can be found at, tell us, Mike. Uh, that would be www.daizex.com. I'm Canadian, eh? Huh. I don't know what you are. I really don't know either. No one will tell me. I think I'm actually, like, alien? alien offspring or something. It explains everything. I don't have, like, a family past. It doesn't exist. I'm an alien. That's all there is to it. Thank you. No problem. Off with you now in your right. in your lack of backstory self. Fine. You know what? I wasn't supposed to be here today. <laughs> I'm going to go play rock band. I got to edit the show. Damn it. Okay. Bye. Mike's in a, in a huffy puffy mood. Julian. Yes. Thanks for your assistance on this show as always. And you too are from Dyson Chewy X, the website. That's great. Which can be found at. <laughs> Very funny. Anyway, that leaves me, Mary, from the website Temple of Trunks, and um, it'll almost be 10 years old soon. You can find that site at www.templeotrunks.com, and it is a plethora of bad grammar from when I was 17, so please um, disregard the weird content and my spelling habits from back then. Anyway, that's our show. We look forward to uh, having you listen to us next week and our manga review of Awesomeness. Huh? Next week it'll be episode Oh, 118. That's right. This is 117. Bye, y'all.
So, <laughs> you know, always very vague. Tyler, would you stop? Jesus. 